Hello, my name is Martina Flor. I'm a learning artist, author, and educator. Do you know what my most powerful tool to create my work is? Mm -mm. Not my hands, mm -mm. not my brain, but my eyes. I've been training my observation skills since day one, and that had a major impact on my skills and success as a commercial lettering artist. Not only that, it has helped me find inspiration everywhere around me and staying away from endless scrolling, down Google, Pinterest, and Instagram. Have you ever been in the situation of looking at your drawing, knowing that something is off or that it's not quite ready yet, but not knowing how to fix it? Fear not. This training called Letter Hunters will help you develop what I call your typographic eye by just using inspiration from your surroundings. If you want to improve your work, you need to start by sharpening your observation skills. Join me and become the best letter hunter in town. See you inside. Hello and welcome to another episode of Open Studio. I'm your host, Martina Flora, and in this show, I have honest conversations with artists, designers, and creatives to uncover their paths and discover the specific tactics they use to overcome challenges and succeed on their own terms. Today, I'll be having a conversation with Peter Geiser. Peter is a Dutch typographer and multimedia artist currently living and working in Paris. Geyser's work is variable is a variable universe of bright colors, dancing shapes, poetry, and empowerment. Geyser's worked in collaboration with several brands like Coca-Cola, Ralph Lauren, Uniqlo, Nike, Heineken, Adobe, and Colette. With over 17 years in business, Peter also runs his art and clothing brand, and he exhibits at galleries and museums often. During the show, we dived into Peter's first experiences with street art and how he, his career path was built around the idea of bringing art back to the people. Peter shared a lot of insights about how he managed to start collaborations with big brands and getting the opportunity to have a solo exhibition in Paris. You can find him on Instagram at Geyser, which is written C-E-I-Z-E-R or online on geyser.com. Enjoy this conversation. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? Yeah, great. And you? Very good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. On the show. And I'm looking forward to talk to you about your creative path today. Um, we met a couple of years ago in Paris. Yes. And, and I remember that something that really called my attention from your work is how you know this mix between typography and shapes and um, I want to know a little bit about this I want to start there I want to perhaps would be a good way to start for by you describing the kind of work you do for those listening um, I'm going to add a link to um, to Peter's um, work on our show notes so that you get to know his work on his website. Um, but for those um, watching, you get to see a little bit of what his studio is in the background of, um, of Peter. You can see one of his pieces. So, Peter, how would you describe your work for someone who um, doesn't know your work? Yeah, for someone who doesn't know. Yeah, so basically... If it, I would tell to anybody, yeah, it's about uh, letters, words, um, colorful, and I think you could say uh, poetic, um, empowering, and humoristic. And mm -hmm. I always try to have a little bit of an edge on it. So I don't know, like that—that that you leave some space for the for the person who watches it or who looks at it. You know that you have a a piece of um, uh, that you leave some space for the interpretation. Yeah. Hmm. And why do you think you have chosen letter forms as your main creative mean in a way? Do you feel that I read somewhere s something that you said about words and the power of words and mm -hmm. how do you, you know, how do you experience that in your work? How do you incorporate that in your work? Yeah, so 
um, it I think yeah I believe in the power of words so in the power of your thoughts so the I see the words as a tool to kind of um, activate the thoughts so you read something or in this case I draw something or I write something that somebody can read which will activate a thought and that can uh, yeah, this energy they can use on 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 then on their own. But that's for everybody who reads anything anywhere, and it's just a powerful medium. And I see that uh, as uh, the medium that I chose for my work. Let's say, mm. and yeah, I think that um, yeah, I be- I do believe in the power of the thoughts and the words. So I think the direction you make for yourself, that's the direction. Uh, you will follow and, and words and energy can help you on your path, let's say. Interesting. And I was wondering, because of the, you know, the nature of your work and how you have achieved such a unique style, I was wondering where did it all started? So I would like to start by the beginning. Like when, when did you have your first contacts with, um, with art and with um, yeah, visual arts. Um, how was you know how was your upbringing and how that had an impact on the work you do today? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yeah. So uh, to go back, it goes back to I think when I was about ten years old, mm-hmm. and then um, uh, yeah. So I was always outside. Uh, in Amsterdam and I and uh, there was a skate uh, a skate square Museumplein and that's where all the older guys and skateboarding it was in the 90s so it was before internet and all that stuff so it was really magical you didn't really know apart from what you saw what it was you know you didn't there was nothing almost about it on uh, on TV and it was pretty uh, a small subculture back then and as a small kid, I really gravitated towards that. So, uh, yeah, as soon as I bought my first little skateboard, then I went there and I started, let's say, just hanging around there. It was maybe first it was like playing and then after it became my lifestyle, let's say. So it was mm-hmm. like, and and there I met like, or I saw even like older guys doing graffiti on the back of the half pipes. And so this kind of like the colorful lettering and the the world of graffiti that was like my visual first visual interest and uh, and inspiration and also of course in the uh, skateboard culture you have a lot of t-shirts uh, with graphics skateboards with graphic stickers so and and a lot of stuff came from USA and so I think and hip-hop music and 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 also punk music and all that stuff was very that was really the motor in the beginning and but it was more like as a kid you you i was always around there and i kind of wanted to be a part of it and then you become a part of it because you're every day there and then uh yeah kind of you grow into that and then later on you realize it was all kind of a part of your path but it was then it was just hanging out all the time, and skateboarding, and 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 later I started to do graffiti, or later at the same time, started to do graffiti. But first I was mo- mostly on skateboarding, and the and the, the graffiti came later a bit. I mean, I was doing it already, but when I was really going to outside to do it, uh, I don't know, on a metro station or something, I was older, you know, because when you're ten years old, you cannot do that, or you can, I guess, but. I wasn't doing it. And how was how was the process of starting to make graffiti actually? Because you know, you, you mentioned that you were exposed to it and you were, you know, around people who were doing graffiti, but what was Yeah, so you, you see know, what, other what, guys doing it, other graffiti artists or let's say graffiti artists, I was like a kid. So I just saw graffiti artists do it, they make amazing stuff, but they're experienced and everything. So I just go home and in my little sketch sketchbook I try to make letters and then the next day I bring a little marker and I write maybe some some uh, sh- silly stuff on the wall at school or stuff like that and then little by little I practice and practice and I saw okay I can do this maybe and then I bought some spray cans and I went somewhere near a park and I just sprayed on a little house uh, 
something and from there on you get excited you do one more and one more and then and before you know you you go to the police station and uh, whatever <laughs> <laughs> so you actually got into it like deep into it so you were doing that yeah. often and you yeah oh, every day that. yeah every day yeah all, all right. the time kind of yeah yeah and did you did you get to a point where you thought or you were at the level of those doing that kind of professionally if you can say that they were doing professionally or that that you reached a point where you said like hey i'm i'm kind of really good at this or i don't know you like you it's like in skateboarding also you have this kind of f f competition but in a way it's like friendly because you're with your friends and your peers and you you try to be kind of unique in the style that you all or not everybody it's like you have little waves of style and little direction and within there you try to be a little bit better or this guy my good friend he can do uh, super good heel flips but my kick flip is maybe better so when i battle a little bit or it's like a kind of uh, friendly competition and you show your it's about your skills and what you can show to the people um, and with graffiti it's the same so yeah you you just try to okay also improve yourself so i did this with this 3d letters with four colors but next time i'm gonna do uh even crazier 3d with eight colors and it's gonna be on not uh somewhere back but it's gonna be somewhere really in the city or something so a lot of stuff you try to improve and yeah so i guess i mean that is the professional way i mean like uh, I don't know. It's weird to call it professional because that's the beauty of actually the graffiti art is that mm. there's no money involved. There's nothing involved except what you make, where you make and how you make it. And you make that all yourself, these choices. So mm. it's actually a very pure form of art, I think. Mm. And do you feel that that had an influence in what you do nowadays? Uh, because there's a big I would say that there's a big difference, like at least visual difference between what you, the, the kind of work you do today um, and what I would, you know, um, call street art or graffiti, right? Yeah. Um, so I wonder if you feel that there's a connection between that. Um, and also, what were the steps in between to take you from that to what you do right now? Yeah, so first of all, I would not consider myself a graffiti artist and I would also not consider myself a street artist. Uh, but I have a, a background in that uh, when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, I, I, I don't know. So from there on, it evolved more into, let's say, uh, I then after I went to art school. So then in art school, I studied typography and graphic design. So then... Uh, everything was more like with graffiti it's very one direction like you do your name or, or maybe two names and that's it and and within that uh, you within that little box you you move around and and in graphic design I learned like okay you can use other words you can use any word so and and on art school yeah from there on it, it became a more wider um spectrum for at least how i interpret it how i see it for myself yeah. so you you had this first approach to you know visual arts through this um graffiti experience um later on you decided to go to art school where you got this you know formal education around typography and um yeah and design um what came after yeah well so what it was like on art school i learned really a lot about everything kind of and but i'm it was a lot of theory so you were practicing on paper everything goes in a folder you go home you make another paper and then I missed a little bit like that to bring it out to the people or to bring it and that was what I did with graffiti without maybe knowing certain skills or having certain skills about lettering I knew already how to bring it to the people and and then in art school I improved my skills but I didn't bring it to the people anymore because you're on school all the time you know <laughs> so 
that was one thing I wanted to do something that really immediately um, yeah to show show what I want to do or share my work and from there on I started so I started to print t-shirts basically and that that was my um, that that was an easy way an easy medium to to share like graphics and stuff so um, yeah, I still do that nowadays, uh, but now I do also another a lot of other things. But the T-shirts was really the the door, I think, for me. Yeah, and I see, you know, what what you say makes a lot of sense with what you do right now. I would say, you know, when I look at your profile, and specifically when you say that, you know, what was missing for me um, from art school was, you know, how do you bring this to the people? Um, which you had with graffiti. Graffiti is about bringing it to the people, yeah. essentially, right? So, um, and I feel that, you know, as an artist nowadays, your profile is unique in that sense that you, you know, you not only do work for commercial clients, but you also create your own exhibitions. And this is, in a way, a form of bringing your art back to the people, right? So I was wondering how... You know, if we could speak a little bit about this world of art and galleries and exhibiting at museums, because this is not something that every commercial artist out there does. And I think it's very unique from you. And I think I'm really curious about knowing a little bit about this world. How do you get from doing work from for clients, essentially, which you continue doing, mm -hmm to exhibit your work at galleries. Is this something that comes to you as you continue putting out work out there? Or is this something you you pursued yourself because you wanted to bring your art to the people? Uh, yeah, I guess both ways. It, it uh, Well, I guess it comes to me, but I also, that's the direction that I want to go. So it's just like, um, yeah, you have to keep working on where you want to go so uh, nobody can ask for a painting if I never make paintings right so uh, I think it's really as simple as that so I, I, I put my energy on where I want to go and then suddenly somebody asks like oh uh, uh, what is this or do you have paintings or do you want to be part of this exhibition or that or and so yeah it comes it comes like that I guess the thing is, with with my work, I I'm always working, no matter uh, how do you say it. Like, I'm always working anyway. So if nobody asks me to do nothing, I'm I'm already busy. Let's say because I have done tons of ideas or projects that I want to make or do, and then on the side, then uh, a client or an exhibition or something comes, and then I I see what what fits in or not, and. Um, but I, I think basically, for me, yeah, just to keep working and making stuff, and that 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 is, an, uh, yeah, very important to keep your rhythm uh, going, you know, to keep the work flowing, and yeah, that's one of the most important things. And if you want, if you like something, then do more of it. So if you, I don't know, I guess it's the same. You want to make podcasts? No, do another podcast. And if you do ten, then people say, "Hey, can I be on your podcast?" It's like you yeah. you have to start somewhere, and then when you got it, you have to keep going, and then it will bring you somewhere. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and no. I think it worked. Also. Sounds very simple, doesn't it? Yeah, it does <laughs> sound sounds very simple. Of course, like it's simpler said than done right because in between yeah. there's also it's not about only like the work you do but also like being open to certain opportunities looking uh -huh. for those opportunities kind of connecting with the people you you know that bring you closer to those opportunities yeah um but i want to dig a little bit deeper into this topic of like the artwork because i am really curious about it i never made a like a in a specific exhibition i think i was part of like a, as an artist myself like i was part of some exhibitions or group exhibitions but i never digged into the world of galleries and uh -huh. um you know selling art or art pieces right yeah and I would like to know a little bit about how it is to 
to create an exhibition or to get to get the opportunity to be at an exhibition or have a solo exhibition mm -hmm. in a gallery. You you were mentioning before we started that you're gonna um, in March 2022, you're gonna have a solo exhibition um, at a gallery in Paris where you live right now. Yes. So, yeah. how did that came into place? Like you had an idea. And then you pitch that idea to the gallery and the gallery said yes. And then you start working on that or the gallery proposes you, uh, hey, we have this spot uh, or uh, this, uh, you know, this okay, money yeah. available it, it, for you. It, How depe it depends on, uh, on any project. Like mm -hmm. in this case, I was just talking with the people from the space and say, okay, cool. And you want to do something? Yeah, it would be great. Blah, 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 blah. So from there on, just something happened and Um, and sometimes it's more specific. So let's say last year, right before COVID, there was the Urban Arts uh, Biennale in Falklingen in uh, Germany. Mm -hmm. And then they they are really uh, yeah, looking for, for artists and they have already a certain uh, uh, um, list of people. And then say, hey, they found my work somewhere and say, you want to participate on this? You can send only one or two works. Okay, cool. No, that that that's another example or something. So it really depends on 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 uh, on, on on the context. Hmm. And for instance, in the case of this um, this exhibition that you will be doing in Paris, um, was once you had that first contact of like, hey, I would like to do an exhibition here, or mm -hmm. hey, I would like to do something in your gallery or whatever. Like they confirm the space and then you start working in the pieces or the concept of the exhibition. Yeah, so I I'm like I said, I'm always working on a series of work. So and then I, I don't necessarily always know exactly actually what the direction is. So mm. I have, let's say, uh, five or ten paintings that I'm working on or that I'd already finished. And then suddenly I think, oh, I should do an exhibition. The name should be this. And if I, I should finish the series by doing this and this and this and this. So I make a few moves and then the way leads me somewhere. And then from there on, something might happen or not. And then I try to finish the story in the end. I don't know. It's like, it is a mix of like in, in initiative and see what comes on your way and see how to finish the story, let's say. And, uh, Yeah, I guess I guess it's, it's like that. Yeah. yeah, but it's more like a self. Um, yeah, like a self-led work. Like you, you, you actually is a is your project, and you carry it on. And yeah. there's no client actually telling you like, hey, or the yeah. Sometimes yeah. the gallery uh, asks like, okay, uh, you you do uh, this and that kind of style and this kind of work and this and we want more of this or we want more of that yeah 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 that happens also and that can be also to be honest can be complicated because mm -hmm. sometimes they ask you for stuff that that how do you say like i make things because i feel that i i have like um yeah some kind of urge in, in my system that i want to make stuff all the time kind of mm -hmm. but I'm not every day in the in or every period in the mood for the same kind of work so yeah and I don't care if it sells or not to be honest or whatever it's just like if if it, yeah if sometimes it could be that they say you have to do more of this or they, let's say they say you have to do more red and I'm just like no everything I make lately is blue and they say yeah but the red blue doesn't sell I'm like I don't care I'm gonna make five blue more more blue stuff and then Maybe then red, but I don't know, you know? So yeah, that is not always easy because you, you, sometimes you have to find a way also um, to get somewhere, but it depends on the partner. So if this gallery, let's say, really understands you as an artist or and what your, your path and your way of working is, then, then, then it might flow easier. And sometimes it goes a little bit, uh, yeah, then it's a little bit more like, um, that you have to figure out how to f do this way or in the end there yeah there's only one way that's my way <laughs> i have to do <laughs> what i have to do and that's uh and then yeah 
I, I mean, I'm open for any idea and any any anything, but if I really feel it, then I, then it, because it's all about the, what I do is all about expression, right? So it's just like. Yeah. Um, if you feel like, let's say, you make music and you are making like uh, sad songs because you are in a sad period of your life, or you make happy songs because you are in a sad period in your life, and then they say make sad songs because everybody wants to hear that, but you're like, no, 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 I need to get this state of mind before, and I'm fin I'm in a process right now, and when I finish this process, I might go on to the next another process. So. Yeah, I think everything is an organic yeah. process, right? That you cannot really necessarily immediately stop or, or begin, but or that's at least how I see it. But everything can change, so it's not that I only want to do this and that forever. No, but maybe I, I'm working on these three works and I have to finish them, and then after I can think again about something else. And then uh, that makes a lot of sense, especially when you are doing an exhibition where you are putting forward your statement as an artist. So you need to have some control on it or a lot of control on what you're putting out there, right? Which is, I feel is different than the work that an artist does for clients. So no, it's, not, it's really not. Uh, you have to see it like this. When, when you work for a client and... Um, you make something so you work with this client one time right maybe let's say or two times and and you and you and you and what you do result in a certain uh, uh, project and it's the same with art you make something and it results into something and you do that with a partner often with a gallery or, or somebody else and when you move on to your next project your name is on this project that you did previously, right? So how do you say your career is your career? So everybody who mix in, who can say like, now we need red, now we need blue, it's your career. So if you're gonna follow them, you're gonna go a bit on their way or this way or that way, but what way do you wanna go? So you have to, you have to set out your road. And if you now follow, let's say the client too much to the left or to the right, that can impact your career. So do you wanna do that or not? So you know what I mean? Yeah, I totally. And I think that also makes a lot of sense with the kind of client work you do. Um, I was going through your website um, before starting the conversation, and I noticed that you have, you have a lot of collaborations, which I would say, in my experience, is different from client work. And I think there might be a reason why you call them collaborations. Um, yeah. You know, okay. Yeah. With, yeah, yeah. with, with client okay. work, you normally, you normally have a very clear briefing, and they come after something that you already did, perhaps something that is already in your, in your portfolio, and the creative freedom tends to be um, limited, right? Yeah. And when you speak about collaborations, you speak more about like a dialogue. Like I put this and the other person puts this and we all have a say in in the project right exactly so, exactly um now, it's want, good that you yeah. say that because i it, it, exactly that's the difference between the ways of working so you have to you have you if you really work together if you really collaborate then then you can do a lot of interesting things and i i think that um yeah, both parties have to keep their identity and keep and add something to the table. And if, if you can do that, then th that's the most interesting way of working. And um, yeah, so in that yeah, you have to you have to make it a dynamic between, like you said, a dialogue between two parties. Hmm. And and um, I guess I guess it's this place where you where you can be or. In which, in which I maneuver is like the place, the people, they ask often for stuff that I want to do, but do it with them. Hmm. And that's, and that's the, the best way for me to work, because otherwise, otherwise uh, we're going to get lost maybe, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, looking at the things you have done, like specifically the collaborations, you, you have done work for, or collaborations with Uniqlo, Misuno, Tourister, Colette, Tommy Hilfiger or Tommy Hilfiger, yeah. Hilfiger um, among many others, right? So yeah. I wonder how 
How do you establish this, these guidelines for that collaboration? Um, I'm thinking of those listening right now that are thinking like, hey, I would love to collaborate with this brand or to, you know, to join forces with a certain other um, freelancer or a brand or store. And how do you start that conversation? And how do you establish really clear um, guidelines to make that collaboration um, successful? Yeah. Um That's Perhaps a you, long can think, you can think of, a, of one example uh, with one of the collaborations where you thought like, hey, that, that was clear from the beginning what we were doing. and Yeah, with all, with, uh, really like with all of them, like normally it goes pretty naturally and pretty fluently. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's first, first, like it starts in the beginning. So it starts a few years back, let's say. Hmm. So um, I, I started my company in 2004. So that's mm. already like uh, 17 years now. Mm. So and then so I started selling T-shirts to skate shops and sneaker shops. So the thing was that I already had like I made what I wanted to make. I proposed it to my client, the store and say, you want this? Yes or no. And then how much? And so from doing that, I, I got to know people because I go to stores all the time. So I talk and then maybe you even meet representatives of other brands and stuff. So, and, and yeah, so you meet people from brands and you meet people from stores. And then the next step is like, hey, uh, for this skate store in this uh, town, hey, uh, can we do a t-shirt or something? Or they, they initiate that or me initiate that and then You just talk and, and okay, cool. Can, and another skate store wants to do a deck, you know, skateboard deck. And from there on, basically, uh, yeah. And then then you meet another guy from another brand who 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 makes I don't know what. And then I did a little collaboration with that. And then so I, that was the beginning, just partnering with the people that I met. And because I was always meeting people selling T-shirts everywhere in the country, even in other countries. Mm. Um, that's how it started. And then I got basically so busy with all the projects outside the t-shirts that the t-shirts yeah, became uh, kind of the side project, let's say, in a way. Hmm. Uh, And this is the way you actually build your shop, your online shop. So for those listening, you can visit um, uh, Peter's online shop on petersaiser.com. Uh, I will add this to the show notes as well. But he has a, a big assortment of products, uh, also very well elaborated. Some of them are like clothing and uh, uh, objects and, um, you know, you name it. There's a lot of different things. And I've, I've noticed that some of them are a result of collaborations with other brands, But some of them are self-produced or self-initiated, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So, and this is how you started producing the products yourself and selling them yourself? Yeah. Or it started first with the collaborations and you... S no, you no, no, like I explained, like I was selling first, I was producing the t-shirts and all the stuff and yeah. then going to show that to the stores and sell it here and there. Yeah, and how you yeah. do it, how do you do it today? Do you, do you actually continue producing your own products or you yeah. prefer to team up with someone and create yeah, both so i both. still do my own productions of uh, closing mm -hmm. and next to that i of course uh, still also do other uh, projects yeah. okay. but it's a, it's a mix like you know like if if i feel then again if i want to i have an idea i want to make a sweater with this little embroidery or something or this kind of print or um then I want to do it. And if I want to do it, I'm going to do it. And, you know, so if I partner with somebody, uh, my I, this specific ID might not fit into that, but I still need some space for that other ID. So there's, then I'll, then I'll, then, yeah. It's just like the ideas that I have, I want to uh, re realize them. And uh, and that can be with people together uh, or, or alone, let's say, so. Yeah. Um, and I want to go back to, a little bit like your roots and what you, we were speaking about in the beginning. You mentioned that you were born in um, in the Amsterdam. Netherlands, yeah. in Amsterdam. 
and you're now living in Paris. So you moved there when? In which year? Um, I think 2013, more mm -hmm. or less. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about that because, um, you know, I wonder first, what were the motivations for you to move to Paris? If there were any artistic motivations in relation to uh, relocating cities? And how were what, were, what were your challenges of, you know, coming to a different city, um, you know, always within Europe, right? So you're moving um, within Europe where you have a certain container that facilitates people moving around. But I wonder how, yeah, what was, you know, the, 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 the challenges you faced as you were moving cities as an artist? Okay, so uh, first of all, I never really kind of moved. I just kind of stayed. So it's just like I, I, there was never almost a, a moment that I that I wanted to move. I, I mean, let me explain. Like I was going here to sell T-shirts then again, <laughs> and then uh, so I met some uh, nice people at a store, and they were like uh, at that time it's called August. And they were like, yeah, cool, come hang out after after the closing. We go to my place, uh, we have a little party, some people are coming. Oh, so we we, we go there, and, uh, super cool people, and I met a lot of uh, other boys and girls there. I had a great night, and then, um, so it was super exciting to, to meet new peoples, and then, uh, and to see the city, which I didn't know so well at the time, and then, I came back and then so the guy uh, was was cool with me. So then after I thought I'm gonna go back pretty soon to meet again, you know. So I came back three months later, and uh, and and again and again and again. I visited maybe ten times or something in uh, in two three years, two mm -hmm. two let's say two years. And at one point I so. I was all the time curious to check, like, where can you do screen printing? Where can you, where can you uh, go to the bar? Where can you uh, go to, uh, see stores? Uh, where is a party or a gallery opening? Or so I was just going around everywhere and meeting peoples and or hang out at some tattoo store or this or that. So it was not really a plan or something. It was just more being curious and following everything that I that I was curious for, and then. And then I met some artists, so I saw how they lived and how what they're doing, and I was like, "Wow, they make big canvas and big paintings," and and so and I saw, yeah, I met many different people, and I, that really enriched my vision also. And then I saw like, okay, I have this element, I have that element, I have this element. I can kind of really put that all together and and make this uh, uh, make this kind of life happen. And um, Yeah, so basically at one point I just was like, I am here already two weeks. Uh, I could stay at a friend then. And I was like, maybe I should just stay. I want to be here all the time. And then I, by accident, like I want somebody help, to help me with a phone call to call some house owner. And then on the way there, we met his, the owner of his apartment. And, blah, 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 blah. and before you knew, I had an apartment. So I was <laughs> like... Okay, really? Where is it? Like, it was outside the city in the Bonlio somewhere. And it was like, yeah, it's three blocks from here. We go there. And then uh, it was pretty ghetto stuff. But I was like, I don't care what it is. I, I just say yes to anything. You know, I just want to stay here. So I don't <laughs> care. And uh, now from there it started. And then and then moved to another apartment and so forth. And uh, hmm. found the atelier and uh, this and that. So, so there was kind of like you in the city you found some people who were having a certain lifestyle that you found attractive and you know the first like the first instinct was to say like hey I want to live like that or I want to be like that yeah um, yeah like I kind of I, I already uh, lived my life with the, what I was doing but I so uh, but I saw like I met few artists who were doing only canvas works let's say big paintings mm. so that i was like i also need to make stuff like that like big paintings like uh, super amazing what they're doing here and then but i was also moving in the fashion world with the people in streetwear and stuff so i saw then what kind of stuff they were doing and so 
the spectrum just got a little bit wider, let's say, for my for for what I wanted to do, let's say. Yeah, and is there? Do you feel that you know moving cities or moving to Paris um, changed or kind of had an impact on your success? However, you call whatever you call success or success in your own terms, but. Do you feel that, you know, if you have stayed back in Amsterdam, your hometown, would you have um, go gone da down the same path? Or, you know, I think I, I you know, normally when people, you know, I, I'm not from Berlin. I live in Berlin now, but I was born in Argentina and I moved to Berlin and I started I started my business here and I started doing what I do now and most people know me for um, here, right? So I feel that the city had an impact on my work, um, but in a different way of what the people may imagine, you know? Sometimes people say like, well, I mean, the city opened a lot of opportunities for you, but actually, you know, I work primarily for outside Berlin or for outside Germany, right? Mm -hmm. So perhaps the movements that the city brought to my life or moving cities brought to my life is what really had an impact on my life and my creative path. Um, and I wonder what was, what was that for you when you moved to, to Paris? Yeah, so first of all, uh, the question is like, would everything be the same? if you made different choices kind of so no of course not so you are the person that you are you are a result of your choices kind of right yeah sure. That's yeah what you decided in the past everything together with with where you are is who you are today let's say and yeah. so of course it had, it had an enormous impact uh, change on my life but i was the change i was the one who was like curious following everything that i wanted to see And the same for you. When you when you made the initiative to move to another country, mm. that showed already that you had so much motivation to to look for new ways, and that's why you became uh, who you are. And if you would just be waiting on stuff to happen, and you would still be where you were, but then you had an, was an all another person, kind of. So it is uh, it, it it comes with with each other, let's say. Yeah, it's interesting because you, what you're saying a little bit is that you are already striving for change when you are changing something. Yeah, so something is right? going to happen. Like if you yeah. want to, if you want to go to the, to I don't know to New York or, or even to the gym or whatever you want to do, you, something is going to change soon. Then if you really follow this path, and yeah. And I wonder what are the things that you love about Paris that you think that continue feeding your creative path? Oh, yeah. What I love is really that it is big. So it's a big city and there's an enormous diversity. So it's really from, first of all, like from the, from the very rich to the very poor, from the, mm. from the, from the super nice neighborhoods to the bad neighborhoods to... Every, yeah, I don't know, name anything is from all the highs and lows are pretty different. More, uh, yeah, there's a big difference everywhere. So that is very already dynamic. You know, you can be in the banlieue on a barbecue and in the night you are on the fashion cocktail party with like, I don't know, you know. So yeah. you can already hop in between different lives in one day. And then... Um, because it's so big, you are also pretty anonymous, so you can be, really be who you are without, at least that's how I feel. I feel pretty anonymous, so I can really be whoever I want to be and do whatever I want to do because I disappear in the in the mass kind of already, you know? It's like, yeah, I guess it would be the same maybe in any big city, but... And in Amsterdam, I felt a little bit less. So you walk around the corner and I meet my old teacher <laughs> or something. I was like, oh yeah, that reminds me of this. Then I go around the other corner and I meet, I don't know, my nephew or something. And it's like, oh, you have to do this. And I was like, ah, you know, <laughs> this brings me already back to who I was kind of, maybe not, any, who I am not anymore, maybe. 
Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, going back to what we were thinking, uh, we were speaking about before um, this idea of like, you know, moving cities is already, it already shows an intention for change. And I think that also the fact that it's a big city sort of turns you into someone a little bit anonymous, whereas yeah. in Amsterdam, you are who you are, people know you for who you are, and it's perhaps a little bit harder to leave that container of who you are you yeah. know you cannot it, it's hard it's harder to change um, yeah but it's only i think it's it's in between your ears of course but the the environment can help you to activate something yeah in between your ears let's say so you can do everything anywhere i guess but yeah. you, if if you feel better in the nature maybe you should move and live in the nature if you feel better in this city or in that city then maybe you should do it you know so yeah And and, and and so apart from that, so in Paris, of course, you have a lot of uh, art, a lot of uh, museums and a lot of uh, yeah, so many things. I mean, like I like already the architecture, the, 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 the lifestyle, everybody on the terrace, uh, having a coffee or going to the cafe. And, and, and I think also there's a lot of attention for art and design and, and so a lot of appreciation. Um, I feel, yeah, and the, and the French people are more poetic about that kind of thing. So they really, they take their time, you know, they take their time to live, you know, so they, they enjoy things, they look at things and they let it work on them. And in, in Holland, I think it's more pragmatic. So it's just like, oh, you don't have uh, something bigger uh, with more colors or something. It's just like, you know, it's very uh, pragmatic. And in, in France, they really look more deeper and maybe the the energy or the meaning or but I don't know that's how I what I think but uh, for everybody maybe another uh, opinion let's say and we've been going through like different stages of your path as a creative right so we were speaking a little bit about your upbringing you moving to Paris your experience at you know um, creating exhibitions and um, studying collaborations. And I wonder, when you look back at your path as a creative, you have been working as an artist for over 15 years, if I'm not wrong. You said that you started your studio 17 years ago, right? Yeah, so, 17 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what do you think, if you can spot them, like, in, you know, in this path of 17 years, if you can spot two or three things that you feel that really had an impact on getting really good at what you do mm -hmm. or getting there where you are right now, which is where you want to be as, a, as an artist. What would you say were those things? Um, yeah, so I think being curious, so that, that's good to be curious. Um, Uh, yeah, so your work ethic, so that like you have to keep working, um, and yeah, I think that curi curiosity and work work ethic it's very important. So you have to keep a rhythm, you have to be productive, you have and you have to keep your eyes open for everything you might like or or what you want to see, but yeah, in everything in in your life, I guess. So, and then the third one. Uh, I would say like, yeah, yeah, you kind of, uh, that you collaborate so that you interact with people, right? So, yeah, I guess it's that. So you're, you stay curious, you keep working and you, and you mix with people and you try to collaborate with people. Okay, you have a store, okay, let's maybe, uh, let's make a t-shirt. Oh, uh, you have that, then, um, yeah, and, and, and just stay curious for, uh, for all that. And and all you do that, and while you do all that, you have to have fun, right? So you have to enjoy your time and and make a good time for yourself. So yeah, but now that's already number four. So, but I, very very important as well. Yeah, no, that's super important because you want you want to live. I at least how I see it is like I want to live how I want how I live already. Let's say or how I want to live and and so. If, if you do all your work and everything, and then you have that, but you're not having fun, then, then what's the value of all of that? So, 
on your on your road that you're on you have to uh, you have to enjoy it yeah i love that and i would love to wrap up this this episode of the podcast with that idea um when i think of of all the things that we discussed during the episode um one that stuck in my head is this idea of bringing it to the people and i think that you and your work are a really good example of that i see that you know you because you have this work ethic and um, you know you keep being curious and creating more work uh, you sort of bring the work out there for the people you create these collaborations you start these conversations and i think this creates like a perfect circle that keeps your work moving forward um, and i really appreciate all that you shared today i think for those listening there's a lot of takeaways from this conversation. Um, so, Peter, lastly, where can people find you? Where can people find me? Uh, yeah, so uh, on my website, so uh, kaiser.com. Uh, so that is, that is C-E-I-Z-E-R yeah. dot com, right? Yes. So uh, on uh, Instagram, uh, also uh, Kaiser, um, and on Facebook, Studio Kaiser. Amazing. I'm going to add all of this to the show notes um, so that you can find um, Peter's work. And thank you again, Peter, for tuning in today. Thank you, everyone, for listening there, and see you on the next episode. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Peter. So this is it. I hope you loved this episode. You can find me, the host of the show, on social networks at Martina Flor on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you have a question or comments, go to martinaflor.com slash podcast, where you can see previous episodes, find show notes, and send voice memos with your comments and questions. You can also watch these episodes on YouTube. Just go to martinaflor.com slash YouTube to find them. You can, of course, Listen to all our episodes on your favorite podcast platform. If you loved this episode, subscribe to this podcast. And if you leave us a review, it will help others find us. Thank you all for listening and see you in the next episode of Martina Flores Open Studio. Bye-bye.